And so we were just overjoyed. And we haven't seen them for a long time. And we knew them from when Erica and Becca were like five years old. And then, of course, Kathy's been my girlfriend for a long time. And she didn't. She had never seen my new grandbaby girl. Wow. Oh, were you speaking tonight? Oh, it's okay. I, I guess he's speaking. <laughs> so we bless the Alexes. We bless the transition. Becca is the oldest of nine kids, and all the kids are together now. It's been a while, so we bless that uh, that transition, that reunion, the happy times that they will have together. Dad's not back yet, but the rest of them are. So when Paul mentioned something about anxiety in there, it just struck home. It just seemed like that was a word that was going to help us. And and then we threw them off. And then Andy, not knowing where we were going, just picked by the Holy Spirit, I'm trading my sorrows. Now, that can sound like an unreal song. Is it just like that? I'm, I'm, I'm trading my sorrows. As if it's just automatic but let me say something about that 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 happened because the holy spirit wanted to do something in you that was not accidental there was fire in that song did you sense that you sense it didn't you there was something really alive in the spirit even now as i say it and so i want to pray sorrow is a good thing and it's, it's appropriate to grieve for losses. We need to do that. But then when sorrow runs its course, sometimes it sticks. And we need, to, we need to let it go. We need to move past it. And we need to trade that in. So I want to pray for any who have sorrowed over something, a broken relationship, a broken job, a, a loss, but now you really do need to trade it in. And the Bible talks about putting off and putting on. He's talking about clothes. And that there, is it easy? Well, it may be difficult. But for God, it's very easy. It's like putting off clothes and putting on the new person. And so uh, just raise your hand if that you identify with that and that you need help in putting something off that, that you need to put off and then putting on something new. So put, put your hand up if that's for you. Uh, touch somebody near you. And let's, let's believe, really believe. Felt God wanted us just to do this. And, and this week is going to be different for you. This week there are going to be some changes. You're going to see some things happen. Some situations will take place and you say that's it. I, I, there are people that I'm looking at. As I look out, I know this week is going to be a change in you. And I want you to believe for that now as we pray. That we're trading sorrows. We're trading sorrows. We're making an agreement. We're putting it off. We're putting it off. Clothes. Maybe victim clothes. It may be sorrowful clothes. Maybe we've owned it so much that it's hard for us to let go of it like an old jacket. We just need to get rid of it. It keeps showing up, and we just need to say, okay, th this is gone. We let it go. And we embrace the newness in the resurrection life of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And we say yes to that newness. Yes, we embrace. We embrace victory. We embrace peace. That doesn't mean no conflict. It means we embrace peace. We embrace blessing. In Jesus' name, by the power of the Spirit, amen. So what I share tonight, I'm going to be sending to Andy. It's, it, it'll be both in uh, manuscript form and it will be in, uh, it'll be on the website. Really appreciate what Andy's doing for us. The same guy who led worship is in charge of our technology. And I wrote three things about the Holy Spirit, how to receive the gift of tongues and how it's available to all. And <clears throat> we're going to be talking about that. I was asked to do this. As far as I can remember, I've never spoken. I know I've never spoken here on the gift of tongues. I don't remember ever speaking in, the, in my church about this. For some, it's, it, it creates, like it did for me when I first started hearing about it, whoa, you know, and I kind of back off a little bit. Why would you speak on that? You'll know by the end of the message why I'm speaking on it. I trust that you'll know. And so I just, I just speak a relaxing to you, I know that this can bring even fear for people. I've had experiences in churches that things went cross cross the line, and you had you got uncomfortable, and somebody was like they say they shoved the dove, and and you were you were it was like there was pressure, <laughs> and um, you had to had to do something, you had to perform, you had to go for it, and it got made you a little nervous, and you felt a little agitated. The Lord's already prepared us for a, for a wonderful evening. And I look forward just to, uh, to sharing with you. To I believe in the midst of the message, there's going to be some prophecy from me or from some of you. Because we can expect that when, when we come together. Just like we didn't anticipate Paul coming forward and then Brandon and... And Katie sharing a word and different ones. We didn't, that's not in the bulletin. But it's in a script that's written in heaven. And so we just participate in that. So in this kind of service, maybe the Lord will accent something for you. And you'll say, I feel like I need to share something. That's, that's okay. <clears throat> really thankful that God's been answering a lot of prayers from a lot of people and bringing people together in relationships. We're thankful for that. But even as I say that, I know that there are those who who hurt because that's not happened for you in a way that you've expected it to happen. And so I don't want to say this to slap anybody in the face because we're praying for you. We're praying that God will answer the cry of your heart and bring you into a relationship. They continue to happen more. And as they do, they've been contacting Karen and me and we meet with them. And uh, the reason we do that is because we want to do relationships right. We want to do it in a godly way. And many of us have stories where it wasn't done right. Isn't that right? And so we want to do it in a way that um, brings joy to you and causes the blessing of God to come on you. As I met once with a couple, 
They wanted to get married. They were living together. And I said, I know you want God's blessing on your marriage. Yeah. Do you know that that living together isn't God's plan for people before marriage? They said, we didn't know that. And I believed them. And I said, I'd love to marry you. I'd love to be a part of this. You okay with separating? And the guy said, yeah. So they, they hardly knew the Lord, but they were ready to step in because they wanted God's blessing. I want to live in such a way that I invite God's blessing, don't you? And so I want to say to you guys, we're praying for you that the battle that you face, every man's battle, for speak to some of you women as well now, but guys, don't give up the battle. Don't throw in the towel and say it's a done deal. I can't do it. I talked to a guy not too long ago, 71 years old, still battling, not going well in his family. See, it's a winnable war, but you can't throw in the towel. You may have lost the round, but you'll win the battle. You're more than a conqueror, the Bible says, and you need to believe that, and you need to flee sexual temptation. We don't flee from the devil. We resist the devil. We take our stand. We resist the devil. But we flee sexual immorality. And Paul makes it so clear. He just spells it out in, in Romans 6. So consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do not yield your members, members, hands, eyes, mind, body. Do not yield your members to unrighteousness for wickedness, but yield yourself to God as men who have been brought from death to life and your members as instruments of righteousness. Now listen to this. For sin shall have no power over you. Is he exaggerating? Sin shall have no power over you for you are not under law but under grace. Where there's grace, there's far more than forgiveness. I grew up thinking that grace was forgiveness. It was, it was basically the same thing. But I found out as a young adult that grace was connected often to power. So grace empowers you. When you embrace grace, who you are in Christ, grace is the power to be all that God calls you to be and the power to do all God calls you to do. So I bless men here. I bless you with a heart that says whatever it takes, I know I'm a winner and I will win. And I will not give in. I will fight and I will win. I'll be accountable to my brothers. I won't have any secrets. I will walk in honesty, vulnerability, because that will release grace in my life. And I'll walk in such a way that the shame is listed, lifted and grace rules in my life. <clears throat> Amen. After a wonderful message last Tuesday by Andrew, wasn't that wonderful? As he shared about evangelism. He said, Paul, I wonder if we're going to need to pray more so that we see the kind of multiplication that we're wanting to see. And that struck my heart. And he said, I'll, whatever night you call the night, I'll be there because I want to pray. And so uh, we've been talking about it. Karen, I've been talking about it. And starting a week from Thursday, not this Thursday, but a week from Thursday, we're going to gather here and pray about specifically about what God calls us to do out there. It's not about what happens here. It's about what happens there. 
And I'd be delighted if things happened and this crowd shrunk to 30 because we were doing it somewhere else. We were doing it five other places. I'd be so delighted because I know it would just grow again. We're not trying to keep anybody here. We are trying to release those that are called out. And so as we pray, someone once said that extraordinary uh, work means extraordinary prayer. And so we want to upgrade our prayer in the, in the weeks ahead. We're not saying, hey, go out and start something. We're saying we want to pray together and hear from the Lord what he's asking us to do as a, as a group, as a community, and then obey it. We are, we are a community of the Spirit here. And I use that phrase carefully. We are a community of the Spirit. Paul preached a message. I didn't get to hear it, but I, I uh, heard about it. Paul McKenzie uh, taking this scripture, the, the last verse in Second Corinthians, he, where Paul ends by a benediction. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship, the communion, the koinonia of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So we are in communion. We are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when Christ was on earth, he filled Christ. Jesus left. So the Holy Spirit now fills you and the the Jesus that people are going to see looks like you so we're having a fellowship and the, the Holy Spirit says how about if I give you a gift and then you can exercise it I'll be manifest but you'll exercise it how 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 about if we do that yeah I'd like that that's fellowship the Holy Spirit says how, how about if I uh, reproduce in you the character of peace that was prevalent in the life of Jesus. You okay with that? That sounds good. Okay. I'll produce it. You believe for it. I'll produce it in your life. We'll have fellowship together. That's a great deal. So we're a community of the Spirit. Where the Spirit, his, his total job, his job description is to take the work of the cross And bring it home to you and me. God's ultimate plan. His highest plan. It comes the verse after the verse that we all know. For all things work together for good. To those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Then it says for those whom he foreknew. He also predestined to be what? Conformed. I think somebody said it. To be conformed to the image of his son. God wants more people that look like Jesus. He really loves Jesus. And he loves what the Spirit is doing in your life, and he wants you just to be more like Jesus. And that means basically two things. It means that you 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 have the qualities of Jesus and you do the works of Jesus. Jesus released the disciples to do what he was doing. And he says, you'll do them, guaranteed. So they did. And he wants us to do his works, but he wants us to do his works his way. And so we're going to look tonight at the, the gifts of the Spirit. 
the the character of Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are the ministry of Jesus. And some set those two at odds with one another, and they're flying with one wing. I'll tell you, I've I've flown a, quite a bit. I've never flown like this. It won't get off the ground. I guarantee you. Some say, "Well, what, I I don't want the gifts. I really want the I want want the fruit." Okay, go for it. See how far it gets you. So you'll have the motivation, but you just won't have the manifestation. The Bible says, "To each was given the." manifestation of the spirit for the common good but then paul says you want the manifestation corinth not like i'm hearing about it you read the book of first corinthians and you see they got all kinds of problems in fact they're called carnal when you think of carnality you tend to think of of uh, uh, sexual immorality. You know, they're carnal. But it wasn't. It was, uh, they had that too. They had gross sexual immorality. They had incest in the church. But they just couldn't get along. They were divisions. And someone came from Chloe's family and told Paul about it. So Paul's writing for two reasons, 1 Corinthians. He's writing to, to address the problems and you get that in chapters 1 through 6. And then, you got a Bible? Okay, open it up to 1 Corinthians 7. If you don't, we will get you one. we got Bibles right here. Share with somebody. It'd be good if you could see it. Anybody up, up, up here need Bibles? Okay, you get the big one because you got it first there. Anybody else need Bibles right there? Okay. Make By the way, what I what I'm uh, I've got some books up here on the Father's gift, the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, and it's just a handbook on the Holy Spirit, a theology of the Holy Spirit, simple reading. I'd like to give it to you, anybody. There are a stack of them here. If you run out, we'll give you some more. Available on Ryan's website for free. Okay. Is it is it all ready? Yep. Okay, it's online, so you can get it that way as well. We're, we're going to get to 1 Corinthians 14, but look at 1 Corinthians 7. And Paul has addressed the problems, and now he says in 1 Corinthians 7, 1, now for the matters you wrote about. Okay, now he's going to get to answering questions. That's his second purpose. And he's going to answer questions. So they asked about marriage. Then in verse 25, now about virgins. They asked about single life, so he answered that question. And then he goes on, chapter 8, now about food sacrificed to idols. And he deals with that for a few chapters. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. What does it say? Now about spiritual gifts. So they asked about spiritual gifts. They weren't doing well. Tongues were flying all over the place. They didn't do prophecy well. They did tongues really poorly. However, interesting, when you look back to the first chapter, look at this verse, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 1, 7. Therefore, you do not lack 
any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. They were a people really gifted, and they could be powerful. They just need to know something about love and how to manifest the gifts in a, in a caring community. But notice it says, as you wait for the revelation of Jesus. So we need gifts until when? There are those who say the gifts came out when the perfect came. What's the perfect? The perfect, they say, is the word of God. But the context of the perfect is then I shall see face to face. The perfect is the perfect one, is Jesus Christ. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. As for prophecy, they will cease. As for tongues, they will cease. So these things are going to go away. What do we do now? We need the gifts of the Spirit. We need the power of God. We need to manifest the Spirit amongst other people until Jesus returns. When he returns, one look, and it's all done. For we shall see him, and we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So one, one look is all it's going to take. So we're in chapter 12. And he says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Hey, it's good to know about spiritual gifts. Paul wants us to be informed. He says in verse 7, now to each one. You know what each means? It means each. The manifestation of the Spirit is given, not the manifestation of Paul or Karen, or Peter, or Brock. The manifestation of the Spirit. That's good to know. Because when we are exercising spiritual gifts in the Spirit, and with the character of Christ, the Spirit is being manifest. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14. And I pray, Father, against any fear that anybody has any anxiety at even uh, looking at a, at a subject like this. We pray for comfort. We pray for openness. We pray for friendship with Jesus as we look at this. So 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love. So right away he's pointing us back to what he's just given. Chapter 13, did you know that chapter 13 is about spiritual gifts? We hear it at weddings. It's a good place, but we're taking it out of context. That's okay. It's a good place. It's a wonderful place to hear about it. It's a great place. The context is gifts of the Spirit. This chapter is about the gifts of the Spirit. He references them twice. So he's talking about how gifts are to be, uh, how, how, how we motivated to exercise gifts so that we manifest the Spirit. If we're motivated, if we're, if our motivation is something selfish rather than love, then the spirit isn't manifest. We're just making noise. And, and, oh, maybe you've been there. Maybe you experienced that. That's what they were experiencing, Corinth. And maybe that's what your fear is, that you've experienced it. And it wasn't beautiful. It was jarring. It was repulsive. It was pushy. So follow the way of love. And there's the two wings. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, 
especially the gift of prophecy. Let me ask you a question. You answer it in your heart. Would you say that you earnestly desire the spiritual gifts? That's a command. It's not a suggestion. Where the church is tolerating the gifts of the Spirit, they're not obeying this command. Where the church is embracing some of the gifts, tolerating some, and repulsed by others, they're not obeying this command. To eagerly desire is the word zelao. What does that sound like? That's exactly where we get the word from. Does, is there evidence in your life that you're zealous for the gifts of the Spirit? Is there evidence in the way you pray? Evidence in the, what, what you're going after? Because then you're obeying this command to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Now, Paul is talking about the public assembly, and he'll get to verse 14, no, verse 26, and he'll show us what a New Testament community looks like. It's the earliest description of New Testament worship. If you want to know what worship can look like, read the end of the chapter. Evangelical scholar Leon Morris in his commentary here, he says this is the, the, the clearest description we have in the Bible of what New Testament worship can and should look like. So it's very exciting when that happens. And some of it happens here where there's a the kind of freedom for people filled with the Spirit to move and to do certain things where, where it's not simply a play-by-play blow. Now, I think when you get 200 people, it's pretty difficult to have this kind of service. But when you get 30 or 40 or 50, you can do it especially where there's trust and where love is the motivation. Then you come to a service not to get filled up because your tank is on empty. You come out of the overflow of a life lived in the power of the Spirit, and you're, you're concerned that others receive the blessing. And so everybody's coming out of the reservoir of God's love being poured into their heart, and everybody leaves getting even more blessed. Neat service, huh? For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. I wonder if anybody here would like help in speaking to God. I wonder if anybody here says, I want to upgrade my, my prayer life. Then here's what I'd say to you. Now, when I'm saying that, I'm not speaking to you. Unless I'm going to interpret it, then I'll be speaking to you. It says he's speaking mysteries to God. Hey, I like mystery. I like, I like speaking to God. I like help in speaking to God. Does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit, not his mind. His mind is disengaged. There are tests, scientific, psychological tests. Your mind is disengaged. Your mind is more engaged when you meditate than when you speak in tongues. That's a fact. He utters mysteries with his spirit, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men. So here's tongues to God. Here's prophesy to men. Now, in the public service, what does he want? To men. He wants to connect with them. He wants to build them up 
So he says, hey, this isn't the best time. This isn't the time primarily to do this. This is the time to do this. Now, can you do this in public? Indeed, you can. There are those that have said, and as the director of Lutheran Renewal, I had this question often, how come you sing in tongues in a public assembly and no one interprets? My answer to that was, if it was wrong to speak or sing in tongues in a public assembly without interpretation, then it wouldn't happen in the Bible. But in fact, it happens consistently in the book of Acts. Acts Acts chapter 2 says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, the Spirit falls on this community that Peter is preaching to And they don't even wait for the altar call. The Spirit doesn't wait for the altar call. And it says, The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. See, it's this direction. And the Spirit fell on them. They spoke in tongues. They praised God. No interpretation. Same thing happened in chapter 19. That... When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. You know what I think is so beautiful about this? One of the first things that the Holy Spirit grabs onto is our tongue. What does James say about the tongue? Yeah. He says nobody can tame it. Spirit can. Spirit does. Holy Spirit. There's something about being filled with the Holy Spirit that affects our speech first. It affects our prophesying. Poured out, Joel 2. Young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. On my uh, sons and daughters I'll pour my spirit and they shall all prophesy. We're speaking. And we're not speaking whatever we want to speak. Listen to this. We're speaking the very words of God. Now let that settle in because that could sound like heresy. We are speaking the very words of God. Peter, in talking about the gifts of the Spirit, said something that so grabbed my attention that I had to put this away and memorize it. 1 Peter 4.10, each Each one should do whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various form. If anyone speaks, he should do it as speaking the very words of God. RSV says, let him speak as it were the oracles of God. As you grow in your prophetic gifting, You will speak the words that Jesus would speak if he was standing in front of that person rather than you. In fact, you are representing, representing Christ. And in his authority, you speak prophetically and you speak into people's lives, into their situation. The very words of God. That's powerful. That's the the manifestation of the Spirit. It has nothing to do. You're, You're not being manifested. The Holy Spirit is. That's right on. Treasures right from heaven. In fact, that says that in the upper room, that the Spirit will take the things of God and give them to us. 
what fellowship, what joy to be instruments of the Holy Spirit to release the very words of the throne room. Anybody want that? Any, anybody, anybody, you know, like what you're hearing here? <clears throat> so we keep going a few more verses here. For But everyone who who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. You don't need a beard to prophesy under the new covenant, but you do need the power of the Holy Spirit. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Men servants and maid servants. It cuts across generational lines. It cuts across gender lines. And it opens the door in this age of the Spirit to powerful revelation. Is heaven open to us? Absolutely, it's open to us. A revelation like the world has not seen since Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit is taking the message of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and giving it to us. And he goes on to say, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. We stop. Okay, what did I just say? What does edify mean? Okay, strengthen, build up, encourage, empower. Anybody thinking I could use a little more of that? I could use a little more edification. I could use a little more power. I could use a little more encouragement. I get beat up at work. I get beat up in, in relationships with friends. People say dumb things, and it offends me, and I get hurt. And I, I'm crying on the inside sometimes, and people are laughing. Sometimes on the outside, they're laughing at my expense. And I, I get hurt. I take up offenses. I could use to be built up. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Oh, my. I put one one of these articles, I'm, I'm giving it to Andy tomorrow, saying why I believe that the gift of tongues is available to everybody. If you desire it, it's yours. That's my theology. The reason for that is multi. I've got six reasons that I'll show you on the website. But here's one of them. What kind of a God would say, hey, I've got a gift that will edify you? And it's for you guys over here. Not for you guys. It's going to edify you. So just use it all you can. Not for you guys. You can watch them get built up. I don't know that God. I know the God that says, I want you built up. Now, why does he want us to speak in tongues? So that when we come in here, we don't have to. We're so built up that, that then we can prophesy. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That's good news. He who prophesies edifies the church. That's better news because we've been built up. If you're built up, you're more likely to prophesy. If you're still beat up and coming here, you need help. You need healing. You need prayer. But if you're built up, you come to give it away to others. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. There's another reason. Okay. What does he mean by that? What, what kind of, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but of course you can't. You wouldn't expect that. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, and I hope you do. You know, what, what kind of answer might you expect if he was, or, or how are you going to finish that sentence? 
But I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. Use the word edify. I've got a number here. I won't tell you. Somebody is going to count them. And you'll let us know. Edify is a, it's a pretty important word here. It wants us to be built up. How can we build others up if we're built up? What builds us up? Gift of tongues. I'm going to skip over to verse 13. For this reason, anyone who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret what he says. So let's pray for interpretation. Let's pray that it will be normative here. I don't know many churches. I don't know of many Bible study fellowships where what is written in 1 Corinthians 14, 26 on happens in any kind of normal way. I think it's it's very rare to experience a tongue because it'll freak people out, unfortunately. Why? Not because of the Word of God, but because of our experience. I'm going to speak in tongues now, and the purpose is going to be for an interpretation. So Paul says a tongue and an interpretation is like a prophecy. So then it be, rather than coming this, it, it moves out toward people. I'm not doing this for show. I'm doing this because I would like to see it happen more often here because that's part of the Bible. This is the word of God. We're not a tongues movement. Holy Spirit movement is not a tongues movement. I'll tell you what it is. It's a Jesus is Lord movement. There are three things that have to happen for renewal to take place, without which renewal will not take place. The absolute authority of the word of God, the lordship of Jesus Christ, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Those three things must be present. If we believe in the authority of the word, then we, then we take it all. As my friend Graham said when he invited me down to his church, he said, Paul, after he asked me to come and talk on the Holy Spirit, he said, just so you know, we want it all. I read about this and I'm convicted. I need to speak in tongues more. So, I'm just going to speak in tongues. Now, how will you know if you have an interpretation? Well, you'll probably get nervous. <laughs> you'll probably say, oh, no, I think, I, I think I'm supposed to interpret this. Maybe... Maybe you'll see something. Maybe some, an idea will just float through and you'll, that was unpremeditated. And God just giving you a picture. Sometimes prophets got pictures. Some people get words. They see letters. They see a, it's a word picture. You may just get an impression, just a feeling, an idea, a thought. And I'll just speak and then we'll just be silent for a while. You okay with this? Good, because I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. Aprota, aprota, aprota. 
aprota kende shete kaka sheta raba baroka kakeya kasheya harepe ke shende ve korampaketo jekara farito the most influential apostle ever it it can't be disputed he tells us about new testament worship and he said what had just happened here plus the interpretation is supposed to happen in the life of the people of god so let's embrace this and let it happen more and more so there may be more than one interpretation Mm-hmm. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. We want to praise you with our whole heart. Our whole heart. Body, soul, and spirit. Our whole heart. We want all of you, Lord. To reflect my desire. I think it reflects yours, doesn't it? Anybody else? I I felt a, a laboring and something about to be birthed. And when I say about, I feel it's very near. I think it's, it's close to being happened. I think it'll affect some of you this week. I think it'll affect you this week. I think there's something that's going to happen. Josh, that's going to allow you to enter in more into the life of the Spirit. It's going to happen this week. I bless you with a uh, with receiving what God is is birthing in you, and very soon. I bless the labor that's going on that comes before the birth. Because the birth will make it all worth it. And when the birth happens, you'll say, that was nothing. But before the birth, you're saying, this is terrible. And some of you are saying, this is terrible. Get ready. It's very close for you to experience a breakthrough, Chris. Now, you may sense that that's, that's specifically for you. Or, or you may know people. You, if, if you know people and you see them here, you go ahead and say, you prophesy to them. Go ahead and do what I'm doing now. If you sense that's for somebody and you see them, sometimes you just look around, you gaze. 
And as you do, bango, you get a bead, and you know that there's a word. And so you, you focus on that, and uh, you lock in. So just take a moment, look around, and see if that word is for somebody. He's going to give you a phrase in English and a phrase in an unknown language. And, you know, you may say, well, I know it's not a language of people because everybody sings, sounds the same. It may be. It was for me when I was in Norway. I don't say this with any sense of pride. A guy from Croatia came up when I was speaking in, to Norwegians, and they translated. He got up and he said, Paul was just speaking in my language, telling us to be courageous. I was speaking about courage. So that, uh, that happened to Fred Tony. It happened to Larry Christensen. Sometimes God just chooses to do that, to say, this is real. This is not made up. This is not some f- fabrication, not something in your imagination. It's not baby talk. It's angelic language, heavenly language, or earthly language of people. And it brings us into the realm of the Spirit. So, thank you, Naomi. I believe um, what you were praying, and it might be something different from what you were thinking, but when you said there was uh, some, let me see, what was the word you used? Maybe, yeah, groaning, and then there's peace. Well, Mm -hmm. on Sunday, we had a pastor from Uganda, I don't know if you already mentioned that, who spoke to us and spoken tongues and then he said I, I have a word it, it's similar in that he says there's going to be growth and I believe this is he was speaking to our Lydia House Church Sunday morning but I believe it has to do with our whole harvest communities because this is what he said and then um, sometimes what someone has prophesied will come in the natural or sometimes what's in the natural then God will speak to you in the spiritual so uh, we're talking about peace, but we're also mentioning that 
you know, there's groaning or there's there's a labor that mm-hmm. uh, speaks of discomfort. That was one of the words he used. He said, "There's going to be growth, mm-hmm. but there's going to be discomfort. That that can happen." And uh, and then he said, "There'll be more expansion coming, but there'll be divine sustaining." Uh, and then he said, the, "There's watering that's happening, but it's not just trickling. It's not just you know how you, maybe someone take a little bit of water from the faucet and just." You know, put it over the tiny little plants. He said they'll be pouring, pouring down. And what happened on Sunday night? Some of you that were here, Josh is the one that discovered it. There was not only did we experience, as any of you were in this area, and experience a downpour several times. Well, we experienced it in the house right here. <laughs> so there was gushing of water that we had to be cleaning up a lot. Now that was discomfort but I felt it was also a prophetic word and I mean he spoke that and afterwards I said Paul I wrote it down remember what he said this morning Incredible so so Lord I I just want to pray that thank you Father that in those words we can say Lord when we go through the trial you are with us and, uh, Lord, you can speak to us. As he was saying, no more delay with your fire. Lord, we want the fire of your Holy Spirit. We want to be renewed and empowered, as Paul is saying. We want to be empowered with your Holy Spirit. Because, Lord, we know that you will give us, you will give us your insight, your deeper insight to see what you are doing so we can see in the Spirit. What are you doing these days, Lord? We want to be a part of it as we look to you, as we receive your spirit as we just speak to you sing to you in that new language you've given us as you say sing a new song and pray at all times how else can we do that but with your holy spirit so we thank you for your encouragement tonight father amen 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 Amen. yes Good. Well, we bless Nathan, Father. We bless him that he goes to new places right away, that he he enters into a new season. He goes through a door and experiences new joy, new peace. And for any others who felt it was potentially for them, that you would walk through that door, that you'd take off clothes, put put on new clothes, become the new person, that you'd walk through that door and experience something new of Christ. We pray against any uh, agitation of the enemy who sees things happen and wants to agitate us, to discourage us. We say we put our foot down. We receive any of the discipline of the Lord, but we will not accept uh, what Satan would try to throw at us to keep us back. Let me just share, uh, close with this now. On how, how we enter in to the gifts of the Spirit. We could read more, and I invite you to read 1 Corinthians 14. But I just want to close with this on how we receive the gifts. In order to receive the gifts, we need to demystify the gifts. 
And by that I mean that some gifts are outside of our reach until we bring them to our level. We used to have people that came to the Holy Spirit Conference and would give these spot-on prophecies, calling somebody out, and they'd do things and people go, oh, wow. But they were not saying, I could do that. They were saying, oh, my. How did he do that? And I finally said, I don't want to bring anybody like that anymore. Because it's not encouraging us. A, a prophet does two things. Prophesies and releases the prophetic gift. And that's more important. So we want people that are going to release it in the life of the people. So we got people that did that. And then people began to say, including my children, I can do that. And they started doing it. And that's what we need to do with prophecy. We need to be able to say, I can do it. Why would Paul say, for you can all prophesy if he didn't mean that you could all prophesy. Now, there's a difference between being a prophet and prophesying. And that's where people trip over the end of 1 Corinthians 12 and think that not all speak in tongues. No, that's talking about the difference between an office and a practice. The office and a gift. I'm not called to the office of prophet, but I'm called to prophesy as you are as well. Now, some of you here are called to the office of prophet. So how do we then demystify tongues? This is how I do it. This book is a divine human book. It's divine in that its writers were carried along by the Holy Spirit, literally. It says in Second Peter 1, about 21. But it's a human book because you see there you see the different personalities coming out. You see the personality of Luke and John. It's different. It's a human book. Jesus is the divine savior. But at the right hand of the Father there's a man and he's got a body and his name is Jesus and he's from Nazareth. He is fully God and fully man and if you take some of the way either of the divine or the human it's heresy, and most heresies revolve around the divinity and humanity of Christ. So we don't tamper with the divinity and humanity of Christ. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are both divine and human. They're divine in that God designates who he gives them to. They're human in that we have a part to play. It says, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Well, wait a minute. I thought he gives them to whoever he will. So I could just, well, whatever. No, not whatever. I'm eagerly going for it. There's some dance between heaven and earth. There's a rhythm between God's sovereignty and my freedom to take hold of what God has for me. How do you put that into a two-by-four brain? You can't. I know that seminary students stay up till 2 and discussing it and trying to, trying to answer that dichotomy of divine sovereignty of a human responsibility. But it, both are true. And it's true in the gifts that I have a part to play. I have a big part to play. I have a part to play in, in releasing the gift. So we've got priests who are walking toward the water, and they're thinking, that water hadn't parted yet. And they said, 
they were told it was going to it was going to part when you step in. Well, what if they had said, "I ain't going to step in until that water parts." They'd still be standing there because it would part according to their step. That's why a couple of weeks ago when we had an altar call, Ben called people forward, and I said, "Hmm, you took a step. Now watch God take a step." Is that biblical? Yeah, it is. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I wouldn't have written it that way. I'd said, God draws to you so you can draw to him. Well, that's true, too. But there are times where you need to take the first step, and I find this often with regard to the Holy Spirit and specifically speaking in tongues, that people are waiting like this, waiting for God to do something. And they, they've wait, some have waited for 30 years for God to do something. Really, I've talked to many of them like that, waiting 30 years. I'm still waiting. Never had the, I said, you got it 30 years ago. You want to experience it tonight? Yes, they do. When they do what I'm telling you now. So we have a part to play. What's the part? Speak. It says they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues. You do. And when what do you say? doesn't matter. But you begin to speak. Is that priming the pump? Sure. That, if You could say that. Aren't I blaspheming God? No, you're blaspheming God by thinking that passivity is the way to enter into the spiritual gifts. Passivity is dead faith. Dead faith is dead. Dead faith is no faith. And so I want to exercise faith by opening my mouth. What do I say? It doesn't matter. If I, if I just say un, unintelligible sounds, is that okay? Yeah, that's great. Because you're stepping out of the boat and you're saying, hmm, there's water underneath me. I've never done this before. But you're doing it in faith and believing that God is catching you. And you don't care. It's foolish anyway. It's foolish to think that you could utter some words and they'd be a real language, but you never learned it before. That's foolish. That's for children. It's not for adults. And so if you're there analyzing, how do I hold my hands? How do I feel? How do I... Say it. How do I open my mouth? I've had people that just keep their mouth shut and I say, go ahead and talk. And say, I can't. You just did. <laughs> and so I try to encourage them. You have a part to play in this. And God loves it when you have a part to play. When kids step out and take their first step and then they fall down, people are cheering. It's not a failure. It's a success. Because they're just stepping out and going for it. That's what we're going to do here. Now, if you're not ready, that's okay. I prefer to go one-on-one. And so I'm going to be upstairs. And I invite as many of you as you want so we can go one-on-one and just talk about it and pray with you. I'd like to do it that way. You have a question? Sure. Yes, oh, yes, indeed, right on. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the midst of what is horrendous, what is tempting to pull us down, Jesus, that lion, that bold lion, that Aslan, he's coming to our help. He's coming to our rescue. He's the very present help of God. And he's there to rescue you and to take you, to bring you that peace that we talked about. So so you don't have to do anything tonight. You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to make something happen. If if you're not ready, then we'll wait next month, next year, whatever. I, I'll meet with you personally or somebody else will. We're, we're not uh, trying to get you to do it, but we, we're sure inviting you and think it's a wonderful thing. I haven't even talked about how the wonderful things about the gift of tongues, but that's in one of those three things that I'm sending, just to give you an idea of, of some of the value of this perfect gift. Every gift of God is obviously perfect. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. It's perfect. Yeah, Rania? Speak loud. I got a very sweet word I've been speaking in tongues here in Lily's home. Uh huh. Sure. Do you want me to say it as I heard it or as I definitely. However, you feel led to do it. Um, what I heard was, sorry, but I heard the words um, raise up your white flags and surrender for. I have many gifts I want to pour over you, mm-hmm. and I am the giver of all good things. Do not fear, for my gifts are like rushing waters that are refreshing to your soul. So that's what I got. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take that. God's got much. He's got more to give us. Wouldn't you be disappointed if you went to heaven and the Lord said, welcome home, and then he says, these are gifts that I was ready to give to you that you didn't ask for. Well, I, I want to ask for them now. I want to get them now. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Indeed, yeah. I, I had something too, and it, I wasn't sure how it fit in until just now. Um, but I felt the Lord say, um, I've, drawn up, I've drawn up the battle line, so strengthen yourself. Yeah. Hmm. And I wasn't, it didn't make sense now until he's talking about, God's talking about spiritual gifts mm-hmm. when he was saying that. And I, and I, just, and I just saw this, this, just the sword stuck in the sand. In the sand hmm. And then this hmm. weight that, and his idea, it's time to, yeah, yeah, good, John. Right on. See, one one tongue can have a variety of interpretations, and they can all ring true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely right. 
We certainly do. Let's stand. And so I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, and and then you pray. You can pray out loud just so you can hear it yourself, or you can pray silently. But if, if you're asking for something tonight, maybe that you've asked for the gift of tongues and you haven't received it before, well, my theology says you did, and it's just a matter of, of stepping into it, or if you want to ask for it, or maybe you want to ask for prophecy, Maybe you want to see that released more in your life. What a wonderful gift to ask for. Maybe there's something else, and you just felt that you were supposed to lay your hands on people. I was challenged by what Andrew said last week about pray for 250 people. So Josh and I, when we were coming back from the trash dump, we stopped and because we, we saw a guy limping. Well, it led to a chance to share the good news, and the guy's been working for us for two days since then because we prayed for somebody. So maybe somebody here is feeling that, coming on, the gift of healing. Go for it. Don't take no for an answer. And that may sound like crazy theology, but Jesus told a story to the effect that we should not give up and we should implore God for those things that we know to be His will and that we not be wearied. Delay is not denial. It's coming. It's near. It's for you. And so, God, we come to you now. We come in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we know you're a good Father. You're a Father who loves to give gifts to your children. And you give good gifts. You give perfect gifts. And we simply ask in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your gifts upon your children. Pour out your gifts upon us, Lord. We want to demonstrate your power and your presence to a broken and dying world. We don't want to do it so that we get a reputation of some people who got gifts of the Spirit. Not at all. Not even close. We want it so that we can connect with needy people in the church and out of the church, people who don't yet know you. We pray that this will be a season where we move with authority and with love, with deep compassion for lost people. And we see things happen. We see miracles take place. And we begin to share those things. So so now you ask. You ask. Just pray. Pray and ask. Go ahead. Pray what? Pray to the Father. You're praying to the Father in Jesus' name. I'm going to say for those of you who are asking for the gift of tongues, we're going to start there, and then we're going to go to a couple others. We're going to just start singing. In a moment, we're going to start singing in tongues. And my word to you is remember the human component in releasing gifts. The Bible says we prophesy according to our faith. Our faith makes a difference. And so my encouragement to you is to open your mouth and begin to sing. Shut out the English and go for it. Like little kids. Lord, we receive your gifts. We receive the gift of tongues. 
We receive the gift of tongues now. Let your peace reign, oh God. Let your peace reign. Let your spirit move. Let your spirit move. Let your peace reign. You are the reigning king, O Lord Jesus. You are the reigning king. Reign in our midst, O God. That's it. Just step into it. Step boldly into it. You open your mouth and you begin to sing. Anybody can do it. Children can do it. Four-year-olds can do it. Just open your mouth. You open your mouth and you begin to sing. You're not insulting the Lord. You are delighting Him. You're like a little baby learning how to walk. And you're taking your first steps. So you're going for it. That's it. That's it. That's the real thing. It'll, it'll, it'll start as a trickle and it will end up a river. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water, the Bible says. Okay, just for a little longer now. Be more aggressive now. Go for it. Father, release the prophetic gift in our midst. In greater measure, the prophetic gift. Let there be revelation. Open eyes to see into the world of the Spirit. Please, Father, open eyes to see into the world of the Spirit in new and creative ways. We pray that there will be more prophecy among us and out on the streets where you take us in our businesses and schools more prophetic words, the very words of Christ. Let there be more prophecy, O Lord. Let there be more prophecy, O Lord. Release the gift of healing, God. Release the gift of healing, God. Oh God, for those that you specifically call, Lord, in greater fashion, Lord, release healing. Release the gift of healing, God. In our midst, God, many healings, O oh Lord, as we step out in your name, as we step out in the name of Jesus, release healing, release discernment, Lord, to protect your people. Release discernment, release faith and wisdom and knowledge. Release interpretation, O oh God. 
Release miracles, oh God. We want to see them. We want to do them. We want to hear of them. Now this place becomes a prayer center. Invite you to pray with one another. We're going to invite prayer team up to the front. I'm going to go right away up to the living room. Anybody that has questions, certainly. In a group like this, there are questions that people want to ask. I would have loved to have a time, just a Q&A. But if you have questions about any of this, there's no question that I don't think would be inappropriate. We're free to, we want to talk together with you. But we want to keep this in a prayer spirit. So we want to be praying for those next to us. Just turn to somebody now. I'll be upstairs. And then in about five minutes, if you're a newbie, We'd like you to come upstairs and meet with Bob Newman, newbies upstairs. And then if you want the book, there's a book here. Take it if you plan to read it. There's food upstairs. Stay here as long as you desire.